The service of prayer and preaching for the observance of All Saints Day, November 6, 2022. The opening hymn is TLH 470, Rise Again, Ye Lionhearted. Again, ye lion-hearted saints of early Christendom, whither is your strength departed? Whither gone your martyrdom? Oh, love's light is on them, glory's flame upon them. And their will to die doth quell, Neen the Lord and Prince of Hell. These the men by fear unshaken, Facing danger dauntlessly, These no witching lust hath taken, Lost that lures to vanity, mid the roar and rattle, love to tumultuous battle. In desire they soar above, all that earth would have them love. Great of heart they know no turning, honor gold they love to scorn. Quenched desires within them burning, by no earthly passion torn. Mid the lion's roaring, songs of praise outpouring. Joyously they take their stand on the arena's bloody sand. Would to God that I might even as the martyred saints of old with the helping hand of heaven Steadfast stand in battle bold. O my God, I pray thee, in the combat stay me. Grant that I may ever be loyal, staunch, and true to thee. Amen. 
This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. reading from Revelation, the seventh chapter. After this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on the earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who had been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do not harm the earth or the sea or the trees, until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads. And I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. 12,000 from the tribe of Judah were sealed, 12,000 from the tribe of Reuben, 12,000 from the tribe of Gad, 12,000 from the tribe of Asher, 12,000 from the tribe of Naphtali, 12,000 from the tribe of Manasseh, 12,000 from the tribe of Simeon, 
12,000 from the tribe of Levi, 12,000 from the tribe of Issachar, 12,000 from the tribe of Zebulun, 12,000 from the tribe of Joseph, 12,000 from the tribe of Benjamin were sealed. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne, and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne, and worshipped God, saying, Amen. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes, and from where have they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any scorching heat. For the lamb in the midst of the throne will be their shepherd. And he will guide them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The intro it is verses from Psalm 31, the antiphon coming from Revelation chapter 7. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. In you, O Lord, do I take refuge. Let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness deliver me. For you are my rock and my fortress. And for your name's sake you lead me and guide me. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. These are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They have washed their robes, and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. A reading from 1 John, the third chapter. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when He appears, We shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A reading from Matthew, the fifth chapter. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up on the mountain, 
And when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the Common Responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. All Saints Day is an interesting day in the church year. It is for some both a day of great sadness and great joy. Much of the history for this day I've given you over the past several years, and so today I'm not going to give you much history of the day itself. There's often a question in the minds of Lutherans about how to approach this day. We sometimes get a bit squirrely when we approach other saints' days, but then have no trouble recounting the lives and the faith of those in our own families 
who taught by word and deed the faith delivered to the saints. In our own confessions, in the Augsburg Confession, this truth is set before us as we confess. Our churches teach that the history of saints may be set before us so that we may follow the example of their faith and good works according to our calling. Scripture sets before us the one Christ as the mediator, atoning sacrifice, high priest, and intercessor. He is to be prayed to. He has promised that he will hear our prayer. This is the worship that he approves above all other worship, that he be called upon in all afflictions. The apology or defense of the Augsburg Confession says, We should thank God because he has shown examples of his mercy, because he wishes to save people, and because he has given teachers and other gifts to the church. The saints themselves, who have faithfully used these gifts, should be praised just as Christ praises the faithful businessmen. The second service is the strengthening of our faith. When we see Peter's denial forgiven, we also are encouraged to believe all the more that grace truly superabounds over sin. What do we mean by the word saint? Our word saint comes to us from the Latin word sanctus. In the New Testament, it is found at least 19 times where it means a holy person. The opposite of this word is common. In the scriptures, there is holy and there is common. To be holy means set aside by God for God. God is the one who sets aside, not us. He determines what is holy and what is not. The words of the Bible are his words, which is why we call the Bible the Holy Bible. It's not like other books because it contains the words that belong to someone else. They reveal something greater and more pure and perfect than our own words. In the same way, we talk about holy baptism. Baptism belongs to God. It is not water like other water, but combined with God's word and included in God's command. In this way, it is holy water. The water itself doesn't have magical properties. The water doesn't hold the word of God like a treasure chest. But when baptism is administered, God's word and promise are joined to that water at that time for a particular purpose that is apprehended by faith. It makes people holy people. It makes poor, miserable sinners God's holy children. It restores and regenerates and sets common sinners aside from the rest of humanity for God himself. In the history of the church, there has been some confusion about the term saint. Some people have mistakenly thought that the word holy meant without sin, rather than set apart for God. And thus they got the mistaken idea that saints were people without sin. This was coupled with the idea that our works save us, and that the salvation earned by good works were transferable to others. Hence, there was an appeal to the saints to give us grace instead of Jesus. There was also a misunderstanding of the work of the saints and the rest that is actually given in Jesus. We understand this a bit more, and it is more of a temptation for many in America. We live surrounded by this false notion that abuses the Sabbath. We're tempted to understand church as being work and not rest in his word. We are even tempted to place extra burdens upon our loved ones after their death. We live surrounded by the false notion that Jesus is too busy, and so our loved ones are still working. They're not resting, awaiting the resurrection, but are rather watching over us and intervening on our behalf. Partly, 
I think this is an appeal to the sinful nature because it feels more accessible. We know their disposition and have firm memories of our loved ones that we want to cling to. We can, you know, put a face with <clears throat> the, the good works and it doesn't seem so nebulous. We know God's word, but we haven't seen his face, which causes a temptation to our faith. We would rather cling to what we can see or have seen. In trying to preserve their memories, we may even gloss over their sins, their faults and failures, or laugh them off as parts of what made them who they are. We preserve a memory that is pristine and almost without sin. Perhaps that is a time thing, because we certainly don't do that with the saints in the Bible. We hold up their good qualities of teaching, clinging, and being steadfast in the faith. All the while, we're quick to point out their sins and faults and failure and their need for a Savior, just like us. Just like you and me, the saints who have gone before us have been where you are right now. They were saints on this earth also. They were set apart by God for God. You are set apart by God for God. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God and are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. The saints in heaven are without sin not because they never sinned. They are without sin because they have been forgiven and God has now completed the good work that he began in them. They are freed from their sins and await the resurrection where body and soul they will be with God for all eternity in perfect restoration and perfect peace. You, brothers and sisters in Christ, are the saints on earth. You are set aside by God for God. You are his child. You are forgiven. Your guilt has been removed. The good work that God has begun in you is now, but is not yet complete. You are still on this earth and still have sin. You know the words of St. John. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We not only commit sins daily, hourly, minute by minute, and second by second, but we also suffer both the consequences and the memory of sin. Your sins are forgiven. They are not held against you. As the Reformation celebration every year reminds us, you have been justified by grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus and set apart for God, by God, in the waters of holy baptism. You are saved by grace, through faith, and this is what makes you. You are set apart by God for God. It's a wrestling on this side of heaven. We are works in progress, if you want to use that term. We hear St. John write this morning, See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God, and so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. It may seem like I'm harping, and maybe I am. You live the same as I do in a constant back and forth. You are the holy people of God who have been bought with a price. You belong to God, the same as the saints in heaven. 
But you are not yet without sin and that dual nature belonging to God being holy and at the same time being a sinner brings some confusion to both the church and the world. We should not sin, but we do. And when we do, we should repent. Sin is dangerous. We should not think that our sins don't matter or aren't that significant. At the same time, we should tell those who complain about the church being full of hypocrites to go howl at the moon. The church is not technically full of hypocrites, but we do look like hypocrites in a sense, because every saint of God on this side of glory is a sinner. Nonetheless, we are not people who say one thing and do another, but we are those who confess what we've done and ask for forgiveness. We do not claim to be without sin, and not just John, but we should also follow Luther's advice. Let the devil accuse and recount all your sins. Listen very carefully, then when he is done, add the sins the devil forgot. Throw them all in the pile, right at the feet of Jesus. He has taken all your sins and declared the payment of the due penalty, finished, completed, paid in full. Those sins belong not to you, but have been removed from you as far as the east is from the west. If God remembers them no more, then the devil nor you has any claim to them. You are God's child, made holy by him for him. Just because your sins are forgiven does not mean they're not dangerous, or that they do not matter. Just after our text, John continues, Everyone who makes a practice of sinning also practices lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he appeared in order to take away sins, and in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. Little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, as he is righteous. Whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. No one born of God makes a practice of sinning, for God's seed abides in him. And he cannot keep on sinning, because he has been born of God. By this it is evident who are children of God, and who are the children of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. If we make a practice of sinning, if we do not love our brothers, we mock the price Christ paid for our sins, and we hate those whom God loves. If we do that, we are of the devil. If, however, God's word abides in us, and we in God's word, then we will not keep sinning in that way, because we have been born of God. He who is of God practices righteousness, not sinning. Indeed, it often seems that you keep on sinning, but you don't. What you keep on doing is quitting to sin. You continually quit sinning. You repent and turn back toward God. You confess and mourn for your sins and ask for forgiveness. You don't abide in your sins. You keep quitting. Not only is sinning worse for us than smoking, it's also much harder to stop. And in fact, we never really do stop until we're delivered from this body of death. Nonetheless, that is what you do. You keep on quitting, repenting, and at the same time you practice righteousness, putting godly things in place of ungodly ones. To practice righteousness is to be devoted to the means of righteousness. You're constantly quitting your sin and repenting because you abide in the means of righteousness which God has instituted and given to you for you. Those means include holy baptism, holy absolution, and holy communion. But they also include prayer, the study and contemplation of God's holy word, and holy marriage. 
In other words, all the things that define and make a Christian, the things in which God bestows his grace and in which he means for you to live. God has instituted these means for you. In them he delivers the forgiveness of sins and declares you righteous for Christ's sake. He has given you these things that you might abide in and practice righteousness. Our abiding in these things is imperfect and faltering, of course, because our flesh is weak and we daily sin much. But whenever our conscience, our hearts and minds condemn us, we should know that God is greater. John continues in this same chapter. By this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our heart before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart. We have confidence before God because Christ, knowing everything and having all authority in heaven and on earth, has laid down his life for us. He has claimed us in the waters of holy baptism to be his, even though he has always known how sick and weak, how stubborn and selfish, how bad at quitting sin we are. He has done so with perfect foreknowledge and love, and he has the authority to keep his promises and to act on his word. He has the authority to make disciples, that is, to make saints out of sinners by holy baptism and his word. If the world doesn't like it, or thinks that we're hypocrites or terrible sinners, it can jump in a lake. This is what God has promised, and what God has done. Jesus Christ has not died in vain. The Father has accepted the atoning sacrifice. The ransom has been paid. There is no more. And if we ourselves struggle to believe it, if we doubt, we should simply repent and throw ourselves again upon God's mercy in Christ, and pick up again, practicing righteousness. We look to the objective things of God, to what he has said and done and promised. Because all other things, even our sins and our doubts and our weaknesses, will pass away. But his word endures forever. So when we doubt that we are the saints of God, we should ask, Am I baptized or not? Did Jesus die for my sins or not? Did he pay my ransom and claim me as his own or not? There, right there, brothers and sisters in Christ, fellow saints of God, is comfort that God himself gives. It is not our story and God gets to be a part of it. It is God's story and we are a part of his, a part of him. You, dear brothers and sisters, are the saints of God, no less than the heroes of the faith and your loved ones who have departed in the faith. You have been claimed by God. You have been set apart by him for him. Thus, we can lovingly and in peace pray together. God's Son to our graves then takes his way. His voice hear all tribes and nations. The portals are rent that guard our clay and moved are the sea's foundations. He calls out aloud, ye dead come forth in glory. We rise to meet him. O Jesus, draw near my dying bed and take me to thy keeping. And say when my spirit hence is fled, this child is not dead but sleeping. And leave me not, Savior, till I rise to praise thee in life eternal. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn TLH 592, I Know of a Sleep in Jesus' Name.
of us sleep in Jesus' name, our rest from all toil and sorrow. Earth falls in her arms, my weary frame, and shelters it till the morrow. My soul is at home with God in heaven. Her sorrows are past and over. I know of a peaceful eventide, and when I am faint and weary, at times with the journey sorely tried, through hours that are long and dreary, then often I've yearned to lay me down and sink into blissful slumber. I know of a morning bright and fair when tidings of joy shall wake us, when songs from on high shall fill the air, and God to his glory take us, when Jesus shall bid us rise from sleep, how joyous that our of That is a morning dear to me, and oft o'er the mountain streaming. In spirit its heavenly light I see, as gold in the peaks are beaming. Then sing I for joy like birds at dawn, that carol in love delindings. God's Son to our graves then takes his way, his voice hear all tribes and nations. The portals are rent that guard our clay, and moved are the sea's foundations. He calls out aloud, ye dead, come forth. In glory we rise to meet him. O Jesus, draw near my dying bed, and take me into thy keeping, and say when my spirit hence is fled, this child is not dead but sleeping, and leave me not, Savior, till I rise to praise thee in life eternal. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. 
Lord, have mercy. For the Holy Christian Church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord, Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty and everlasting God, you knit together your faithful people of all times and places into one holy communion, the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant us so to follow your blessed saints in all virtuous and godly living, that together with them we may come to the unspeakable joys you have prepared for those who love you. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen.
Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. Our final hymn is TLH 601, All Men Living Are But Mortal. Evermore in chorus joining, O 
holy, holy, holy Lord, triune God for I adored. Patriarchs of sacred story and the prophets there are found. The apostles too in glory, on twelve seats are there enthroned. All the saints that have ascended, age on age through time extended, there in blissful concert sing. Alleluia's to the King. O Jerusalem, how glorious dost thou shine, thou city fair. Lo, I hear the tones victorious, ever sweetly sounding there. Oh, the bliss that there surprises, oh, the sun of morn now rises, and the breaking day I see, that shall never end for me. Yea, I see what here was told me, see the wondrous glory shine. Feel the spotless robes enfold me, know a golden crown is mine. Thus before the throne so glorious, now I stand a soul victorious, gazing on that joyful eye that shall never pass away.